Hello, this is Jim the Keys Bartender with the Keys Bartender Podcast in the Florida Keys. If you're not familiar with the Keys Bartender Podcast, it's a podcast about bartending, the Florida Keys, and life in general, not necessarily in that order. Today, we're going to be talking about substitutions or recommendations, depending on what you're going to call it. I'm going to call it substitutions. So when you don't have the thing someone wants, you can substitute or suggest something else. Because if I put suggestions on the title, I'm going to call it substitutions. I know that's a little misleading. It's just that you're you're going to be guiding someone away from something they normally don't have. You know, or norm, they normally wouldn't have. Also, I want to talk about being called up for jury duty and about getting your day turned around. Okay, and talk about getting your day turned around. I was starting today, I was just doing, before I, I it was my spin class day. Today, it's a Friday, obviously, um, if you look at the date of release of this. And I was heading into work, and I was checking my emails, and I noticed something. Uh, I was recently switched car insurance thing. It sounds kind of boring and stuff like that, but what my old insurance was supposedly canceled almost a month ago and I'm still being billed for it and then I see my new insurance company didn't get their payment uh it's a day late so I'm going boy and I'm thinking in my head I had just taken a little energy drink I use this additive it's called Mio and I got I'm a little hyped up I'm hyped up man you know what I mean I don't need a little extra help sometimes but I was feeling a little tired so I figured I'd get like a four ounce water and and put a little additive in it give me some energy this meal energy drink so here i am i see this email i see we have this insurance problem and my wife's driving and my daughter's driving now and i'm going oh i'm getting amped up but not in a way i want to be amped up so i start going to this lane and i know that after i'm done my spin class i'm going to be able to resolve this because um, obviously, my old insurance policy looks like it's still enforced, and my new insurance policy, which I still have, isn't uh, enforced out for 24 hours. It's kind of screwy, and I just can't put it away. But I decide. I get into my building where, I'm, where I do the spin class. I sit down. I'm starting to think about the serenity prayer that I use in my 12-step program. And I'm thinking, i got to change this. I'm getting amped up. I'm going to get all negative. And I'm changing. I'm putting on my shoes. I use these. Uh, they're called spin shoes. They're where you clip into the pedal for the bikes. And I'm downstairs at this wellness center at the hospital that I work at. It's a wellness center. they got a gym that's open to the public on the second floor. Well, I'm putting my shoes on. I'm trying to forget about, you know, get myself into a positive, energetic attitude. And all of a sudden, this woman her young child looks to be about three or four pushing a baby carriage with her infant uh the woman's infant daughter in it and they're i guess they're going to the pd pediatrician that's right down the hallway from where the wellness center is and the little girl comes in pushing a cart and she goes we got a baby and i look and i said oh that's a beautiful baby right and I'm just smiling. I think it's great. And I said, you know what? She's very lucky she has you as a, a big sister. And the little girl comes over and gives me a hug. 
And her mom's looking at me like shocked. I go, whoa. And that changed my day. Changed my day. It really did. It's just little things. And, and that's a that was a miracle. That was a miracle because I would have been, uh, it's a little miracle, but it did, it changed, it's changed the way I felt. And I always, uh, I don't necessarily, I'm a big believer in miracles and things like that. But when things happen like that, it's, it starts making me think about, you know, that, the universe and how things happen. Excuse me one second, I have to clear my throat. <clears throat> I'm not crying. I wasn't crying because it was a happy thing. So substitutions. Uh, I know a lot of listeners, um, I, I have a decent amount of bartender listeners, I know, but I, you know, bartenders are one of these bunch. They don't like being told what to do, but if you're new into bartending or you're, you're just a weekend bartending and you do it for your parties and things like that, here's a hint. You know, I mentioned what kind of booze you have to have if you're having a party. I'm, I'm saying give a nice cross-section, but you know, you're never going to have everything. Even the best bars in the world don't have everything. So you got to know what the person's asking for and ask and think about the profile, the thing they want. So if someone comes up and they say, well, I don't want anything too sweet, uh, but I want a lemon drop. I'm trying to cut back on my sugar. I said, or sugar, or you're looking for less, um, you know, sugar or wood sweetener. If it was sweetener, you substitute. Instead of having sugar, you put sweet and low or stevia or whatever, you know, whatever sweetener, nutri-sweet uh, in there or anything else that's a substitute. But if they don't want anything sweet, they don't like the t sweet profile, I would say, oh, so you like it sour. And they said, no, I don't like it sour. Now, in that case... I would suggest saying, "Hey, um, if you don't if you don't want it sour, uh, I would suggest something like an orange instead of a lemon drop martini, an orange martini, or we call I call it the orange crush martini." And because I know when I'm using an orange fresh squeezed orange juice in it instead of fresh squeezed lemon, it's going to be less sour, but it's still a citrus. And if they like to taste the orange, that'd be a good one. Right? Or you can go with grapefruit because grapefruit uh, is a little bitter. It's less sweet. Uh, but not everyone likes that stuff. So I usually go straight forward. Same things go for scotch. If someone requests, let's say they ask for a Cuddy Sark. I don't even know if they have Cuddy. I haven't seen Cuddy Sark in a long time. But that's a blend. I would say, suggest, okay, well, I don't have Cuddy Sark, but would you like to have Dewar's? Or Johnny Walker Red or Black, right? They're blends. You you use substitute. But if someone asked for a single malt, malt, I wouldn't go and suggest. I would say, if I didn't have another single malt, I would suggest. I'm sorry, all we have is blends. Or I have this single malt here. The same thing goes with if you're talking about someone who wants a bourbon. Let's say, if you don't have a bourbon, you definitely want to substitute. A like bourbon. So if someone asks for Woodford Reserve or Buffalo Trace or a Makers or a Dickel or a Basil Hayden, you're not going to suggest Jim Beam. Even though Jim Beam's a decent bourbon, right? You want to go for the levels. You're going to substitute, you know, a higher level bourbon for another high level. Now the same thing goes some people, and they're not really, Jack Daniels is sour mash. It's not exactly a bourbon. 
So if someone wants a Jack Daniels, you definitely want to, it's, it's more of a, it's harder to substitute that one, okay? Same thing goes for gins and wine. Now, wine, if someone's asking for a dry red, you want to pick another dry red. It's like if you have a Cabernet. You may want to, um, and if you don't have a Cabernet or a high-end Cabernet, you may want to suggest, you know they want something a little more full body, but they want something lighter like a Merlot. Pinot Noir works around that. And when you go with a Pinot Noir, because it's a lighter red. And then you got your heavier reds. You have your Malbec, you have your Cabs, you know, Rioja. And then you have uh, all types of things, frozen drinks. Now, with frozen drinks, I'll get people, we don't have strawberry daiquiris because we're not a big strawberry daiquiri place. When you're in the Keys, we do a lot of rum punches, rum runners, pina coladas, uh, maybe uh, even a frozen margarita. The frozen margaritas aren't as popular as they used to be. You know, a frozen drink for people that drink a lot uh, of cocktails is kind of falling a little by the wayside down here because and i don't know what it's like around the you know the country where you are from but down here it's always kind of temperate and even at the coolest times it's kind of temperate here and or it's hot as hell so if we're not doing frozen drinks here i can imagine there's a lot of places that aren't doing frozen drinks right now so substitutions do work for people, but you just got to understand what the person's looking for when they do it. They ask for certain something like we have a lychee pear teeny. People say, well, I don't really like lychee. I don't like anything, but I do like pear. And I said, well, I can do it without that lychee thing in there. The lychee mix in there. Just take it out. That's this, that, that could be substitution by taking away. And I always try to think when someone says, I'm sorry, we don't have that. Like when someone asks for, uh, we, we do carry White Claw. And the thing about White Claw and these other ones, if you're getting these flavored club sodas, they come in these mixed cases. And you can also get, you know, it's, I guess a single or um, single flavor case. But a lot of times when you get them purchased, they come mixed. And people don't seem in general, to like the lime and the grapefruit. They seem to like the raspberry and the black cherry. I, there's probably other ones. I'm sure they have an orange. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a strawberry. So when people go and start asking those questions, they go, what's your purpose on that? Why are you drinking that? Why don't you just drink a... I know, do you like drinking out of a can? Is that the thing? Because once you pour it in a glass, I would suggest, and you've heard me say this before, heard me say this many times before it's very easy you got your vodkas and you got your flavored vodkas if you don't have the cherry white claw have a cherry smirnoff with club soda and i would sell it the way i would sell it and i said listen a lot of times in those hard seltzers they're using a malt liquor in it so uh, vodka is more of a pure mix for that Okay, and I can make it if you're looking to have your, you know, if you're really trying to watch your drinking because it's more measured in a white clone. People say, well, I know I can drink over the course of three hours. I can drink uh, 
for white claws. I can measure your, or you can ask them to measure out your vodka and only make sure that it's only an ounce and a quarter because that's a similar amount of alcohol that would be in a can of white claw. Okay? So that would be a substitution. It's really easy. It's, it really helps when people are flexible. So once you have a person, now all these things I said are all well and good, but once the person decided they don't want anything except the thing they want, <clears throat> you've done your best. You've done your best. You don't have to do anymore. It's up to that person to be happy or unhappy. So that's all I had to talk about bartending today. Now, for people in the service industry, I'm moving on right now. There is, and I'm sure we've heard it since COVID and over the last, I guess, six, seven years. We've had some very divisive politics, people calling themselves American, un-American, unpatriotic, patriotic, all this bullshit label stuff, right? Well, there are responsibilities. People always like to thank uh, people for their service, and I appreciate when people uh, say that and all that stuff, and I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of people that serve. I'm appreciative of people that say, hey, listen, you know, your flag's touching the ground. Watch the flag and blah, 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 blah. Do this, do that. That's un-American. This is not, this is uh, great for America, blah, 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 all this stuff. Well, let's talk about things. First of all, voting. You should vote. Second of all, there's another constitutional duty. It's enshrined in the uh, Constitution. That is a guarantee that if you go to trial, you're going to be tried by your peers, right? So every so often, in almost all the communities in the United States, you hear me, they send out summons, right? Jury summons. And it could be for criminal, it could be for uh, the county, your municipal, or federal. But they're summons to bring in a large group of people in so they can select juries to guarantee that right to a trial by your peers. And in order to get a jury, they do a process called voir dire. It means to speak truthfully or see and speak. It's, a, it's from French. It's from the French. Voir meaning uh, voice or speak and, and, uh, or see. I'm sorry, voir is see and dire is speak. And um, it's V-O-I-R-D-I-R-E. And in that case, you usually have the either the, the representative of the state and the defense questioning and viewing the people that come in for the jury summons. Now, it's important when you get a summons that if you're able to, if you're not, if you're physically able to, to show up. And now for people in a restaurant and uh, business, it's really difficult because a lot of times you are not paid. And a lot of people aren't paid if they don't, you know, if they show up for jury duty. Now, a lot of companies, they don't give a shit. You know, they're not going to pay you. And how are you going to pay a tip person anyway? How do you know how much they were going to make that day? So you're really reluctant to show up and it's a real hardship for some of us considering the economy now especially here in south florida you know you have the um 
your your mortgage or your rent and your car payments and health care and everything, food, everything's gone out through the roof and you're just working hard to make ends meet. You get this summons and all you see in the summons is this is going to take up my time and I'm going to lose money. This is very inconvenient. And a lot of people down here, and I imagine this happens in a lot of different places, a lot of people down here choose to ignore it. I never received it because it's not in registered mail. It just shows up in your mailbox. Now, here I'm talking to the people and saying, if you are one of those people that talk about voting and the flag and being patriotic, it is your duty to show up for jury duty. Let me tell you about my experience. Now, I'm not going to talk about the case. What I'm going to talk about specifically is a jury selection process. They sent out a little over 400, I think if I remember correctly, 20 summons for Monday, uh, Tuesday the 14th, Tuesday the 14th of February. And it's Valentine's Day. And you know how many people showed up here? 53. 53. That's less than one out of eight. One out of eight. And when we went in, the court officer that was running the jury selection process, the judge, said that we need to have five panels of jurors. And they picked seven. And imagine they went down to seven. I mean, because I always thought it was 12. I always thought it was 12, and I thought maybe uh, civil cases, maybe eight. But they picked seven. And they had to pick se- So five juries picking seven. That's 35 people out of 53. Now, I recall serving on three different juries in, in uh, about four different juries in Philadelphia, in criminal and, and civil trials. And they went through so many people during the voir dire process. And I may get some of the terminology wrong, but when you go in there, they'll take a panel of people. A lot of times they'll take about maybe 20 or 40 people. I'm just picking arbitrary numbers, but they take more than they need for one panel of jurists. And they'll bring them into a room and they'll ask them a bunch of group questions to qualify the people, whether they would be able to be objective if they were former, you know, if it's a case that involves a nurse they want to find if someone, uh, they may or may not want for cause to have a nurse on the jury. So they'll, they'll start asking that question. They'll ask you about law enforcement maybe, or whether you served, or whether if you ever been, you know, got in trouble for this. So that's what they do. And during the process, they get the Defense and the prosecution both get preemptory strikes for no cause whatsoever that can reject somebody. At least that's the way it was in Pennsylvania. I imagine they have that in every place. So you have uh, preemptory strikes where you can just strike, you hold them and you don't have to explain it. And you want to hold those. They're like your wild cards. So just in case you're going to get stuck with a juror. You can reject somebody, just say, because you go, I just don't get a vibe. I, you know, they answer all the questions right and stuff like that. But for some reason, I don't like the way they're looking at the prosecution or the defendant. 
you know, I don't like it, so uh, the prosecution may say, I don't want them, or they don't want them. But then they get it for cause, because they say, listen, you can't have this person serve because they are almost mirroring the case. They've had the same thing happen to them. And there's no way they can be unbiased in deliberation, which makes a lot of sense. So you have to do those things. Now, you say, well, I, I'm in there and I'm thinking, oh my God, two weeks. If they go two weeks, they never end at four o'clock. And if they did end at four o'clock, at four o'clock, it takes you 40 minutes and this time of year to go home. Now it doesn't. It ends around five. My shift starts at four. That's where I make my bread and butter. If I miss that, I never get that money back. And that's in a home. If it goes two, three weeks, if it's a big case, that is a kick in the ass to me. So I go there and they go one day, one trial. And they said, most of the trials here are going to be one day. And I'm thinking, okay, okay. I said, well, I'll talk to them. I say, I'll see if they have one that starts at the beginning of the week or something like that. If I can, if I can, if I can't, I'm going to have to do it anyway. I'm just saying, listen, this is a hardship. It's going to be hard for me to deliberate when I'm, if it's, if it's going to create a financial hardship. That's what I'm thinking in my head. So they started talking about dates. And the first they said, we got to pick one jury right away. And it was funny because for the later of the month, and they said it's going to be on so-and-so Monday. And it's going to be uh, one, maybe at most, a day and a half. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh. And they're picking people. And they're having a hard time picking people because everyone's has an objection or a hardship or things like that in the beginning. And I raised my hand and said, I am available <laughs> raise that and they said we didn't ask for volunteers i said i don't know what the case is i just said i'm available because that's a good date for me because i'm off and i tell them um it's funny and i'm going to talk a little thing about a small town too because we are a small community if you think about that up in the upper keys where we are there's less than maybe fourteen thousand people about ten thousand in my town and another three and two so fourteen thousand people year round and then among those, there's probably like three or four thousand where uh, they're really involved and get around and people know who they are. So I see that one of the uh, court officers, one of the deputies from the Monroe County Sheriff, and I know him. I know both of them actually pretty well by looks. And he goes, I know you. And I say, yeah, yeah. And we, I'm a bartender and stuff like that. I met you maybe 15, 16 years ago, the first time. And he goes, oh, I said, well, I'm off on Mondays, Tuesdays. It looks like that's the one. And he goes up and he goes up and talks to the judge. I thought that was really nice. That's the nice thing about a small town when you know people. <clears throat> and the judge took note, but didn't take, because I don't know why they didn't take me on this one, but they didn't take me. So I'm sitting there and we go into the jury room. Now, being a small, I knew about, out of the 53 people, I knew about nine people really well. I knew them by first name basis. Nine people. That never, I never ran anybody on jury duty when I was in Philadelphia that I knew. I knew some of the court officers and things like that from just the neighborhood and stuff like that. I used to hang out in the police and firemen bar. So we ended up getting a table and I'm talking to a friend of mine. He's a business owner. Another friend is, uh, another person I know is 
a nephew of uh, a friend of mine. So I'm talking to them and some regular customers come in, uh, regular customers at the bar. I mean. So I'm talking to everyone. We're having a great time. We're having a, you know, really hanging out. It's a new courthouse too. We have a courthouse that's been open for less than a year. And I noticed that the courthouse, the waiting room for the jury is seats no more than about maybe 90 people maybe 90 people, and they put out 420 summons. And I remember when I got called at the old courthouse, they had about seating for about 150 to 200 people. And I noticed this was considerably smaller. And I said, they must have designed it under the new guidelines. Because I said, I don't know where they would have kept all the people. Because you have to have them in the group area so you can call out their numbers when you're calling panels out to be questioned. And as a citizen, besides just being a citizen, when you think about your duty, imagine if you have to go on trial, right? And you want to have a jury. And you want to be able to pick people that are unbiased. You want to have the nicest or largest cross-section of people so you can choose from. On a day like then, when I got to the uh, jury selection process, when I finally was called out, I, I, I still was not, I guess I was in the middle when I got called out for jury selection, um, to be questioned for a panel. There were still about 20 people left in the room. And there still was another jury, so to be picked. And I'm thinking, oh. If you're, the, the less people that show up, the less you have to, like, work. You have less wiggle room. They either say, listen, we're, we're not, I mean, if you're a, an attorney, if you're a defense attorney, you may say, listen, I'm not going to be except just anybody. We're going to reject for cause. We're going to reject for um, no cause, you know, preemptory challenge the person, meaning reject them. But if in, in this county, it appeared as if they're going to say, no, these are the people you have to pick because the state has a certain amount of budget. And we're not going to go and do a continuance because you do not like the panel. So if you ever think you might need to have a jury and or go on a, in a trial and you're not always it's not always about crime. It's not always about crime. It could be a civil case because it can County Center civil cases. You want to be able to find someone that's unbiased. Now, ideally, you know, in your back of your head, you'd like to get someone that's going to favor you, which, you know, that would be ideal, right? And they say, oh my gosh, this lady's just like me, blah, 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 things like that. But years ago, if you think about it, they would pull from, uh, you know, maybe about 100 years ago in this part of Florida. I think, if I could be so bold, I can pretty much project what the juries look like. And the juries looked like 100 years ago. They were all white men. Now, if I was an African-American and I was going to try to get, let's say, if it was a civil case and you were suing someone who happened to be white and you only had to choose from all white men, I think I would have a problem with that. 
I would have a big problem with that. Now, obviously, there's every some people say, well, they could be unbiased. And they said, reason why it's all white men is they didn't, you know, a lot of times they didn't call up black jurors and things like that. They wouldn't let them serve on the, uh, on, on jury panels. Okay? Would you want your fate decided by someone that doesn't have any idea of what your life is like? Or any perspective of that? If you're a, let's say, this is another one. I'll make it easier for you. Let's say you got pulled over for a drug offense or an alcohol offense. Would you want your fate to be decided by people that, let's say, they were very religious and they didn't drink? How would you feel? And that's the only people they chose. People that were religious and didn't drink and didn't understand your point of view. Just a little. They, say, they said, you know, they might think if they're religious and they don't drink, they may say, well, obviously, we believe the law enforcement would do uh, the right thing in all times. That's the idea in jury selection. You just want to have the largest cross-section of people so you can get a group of people that is a, you want a balanced jury because you know there's going to be some people that are going to, at the end of a trial, there's a possibility you can have people for and against and it's the dynamics of the jury discussing the case between each other that submits a verdict or arrives at a verdict. And if you get the wrong people, they'll still arrive at the verdict. But you may have inadvertently, by not showing up and not and showing telling people not showing up, you may not have the cross section, so you can't get the verdict. A possibility of getting the verdict that would favor the kind that you want, or that you want to get the same. I guess you can't really guarantee a verdict, but you can guarantee a fair hearing. And when I say hearing, being heard. And that's where you need those people. This is Jim, the Keys bartender, asking you to please do your duty, show up for jury duty, and vote too, before you complain about these other things. And if you do complain about uh, anything else, and you don't do your uh, civic duty, then shut the hell up. Talk to you later.